Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello and welcome. This is your Yogi Scope for the week of November 22nd, 2021. The topic for this week will be Jupiter in Aquarius, which it actually moved into Aquarius on Saturday, November 20th. But I'm covering it now because there's not a whole lot happening else this week. I'll tell you about what's happening else, but it's like not a huge deal, not enough to make a whole um, episode out of. And this is a huge change, a huge energy. And we also, I mean, last week we had the eclipse, so I had to cover that. And that was happening before Jupiter went into Aquarius. Um, and that's, you know, a huge turning point, a huge season that we're still in, the eclipse season. So next week's episode... Um, We'll talk about the full moon eclipse, but so I'm actually, I don't have time and a place to put the December outlook, unfortunately, um, because next week is the first week of December and also the new moon solar eclipse is happening then and that's kind of a bigger deal. So as a reminder, I'm launching my membership, which you can think of like a Patreon, only I'm not using Patreon as the service because I have a website platform that pretty much allows for the same thing. So I'm not going to go out and get a separate service that takes their own fees and blah, 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 whatever. I'm already paying for my website platform. So I'm going to build, it's like the exact same thing. You know, if you like supporting podcasts through becoming a Patreon member, like I often do, I'm an avid podcast listener and it's the best way to support a podcast that is ad free. Um, and also you will get extreme value out of the Patreon. I think, especially if you are here listening to this podcast more so than my other one, my science of light podcast, um, because that is where, so last week I offered a sign by sign horoscope for the eclipse. And I'm going to do that again today for Jupiter and Aquarius. And this is free for the public and you might come back and listen to this because Jupiter is going to be in Aquarius until April. So this energy might um, seem to get more activated, especially later in the transit as more planets move into Aquarius. Um, we'll talk about that as it comes, but um, this should be a great resource for the next, I don't know, what is that? Like four months, five months. Um, but then next week for the December outlook that will only go out to membership subscribers because it is launching at the end of this week <laughs> as a Black Friday sale. Imagine that. Um, and so there'll be special pricing. If you sign up for it now, super cheap, it's going to be $108 yearly, um, which works out to be $9 a month, which is super cheap for what you're going to get. So what you're going to get with that is you're going to get, um, 
you're going to get your sign by sign for the big important things. You might not necessarily get a sign by sign every week, um, but you will definitely get a sign by sign outlook for like the month and for the new moons and full moons and for things that kind of like this, like Jupiter and Aquarius that are like bigger, but I probably won't do it for every little minute minuscule thing because in my opinion, that just gets like confusing and messy. Um, so you'll get a lot more personalized attention in there. You'll get special lessons and that's where you'll get like personal access to me. If you have questions, I will be a hundred percent there to answer them. It'll also be like a community. You'll get access to the new moon events, which are going to switch to be a $25 drop-in price, which is pretty average for like drop-in little workshops like that. But if you're a member, you get to just come for free. And then as the membership grows and as we have, um, interest, we can add on labs, uh, you know, to just like study astrology together, times to get, get together as a community. Um, so not only will you get bonus lessons, but you will get, um, times to gather as a community and learn in community about yoga and astrology and all these things that we love. If we're here, um, then you'll also get, uh, the next year's calendar, which I'm putting out, which will be for sale if you want a calendar of like all of the transits. So including all the major sign transits, all the new moons and full moons, all the retrogrades. If you want that ahead of time for next year, it's not quite ready. It's not like as soon as you buy your membership, you'll get that because it's not going to be ready by this Friday. Probably it was my goal to have it, but I'm real with y'all. I have a kid, I have a lot of stuff going on. I don't always do things when I think I'm going to do them by, but that doesn't mean I don't do them. And it will definitely be done um, by the end of the year by some of the events we have coming up in December. I'm thinking by the um, the full moon event that will be in December on probably Saturday the 18th. Stay tuned for more about that, but you will get it. So things like that, when I put things like that out, I will more than likely give them for free to the membership. Um where otherwise they would be available for purchase. And if you're a member, you just get that stuff because I love you and thanks for supporting me. Um, so with that said, the yearly price, you can either pay $108 up front, um, which works out to be $9 a month. Or if you don't know if you want to join for a full year, that's okay. It'll be $14.99 a month, which is about $180 a year, roughly. Um, so the 108 yearly price is 40% off that. That's like super cheap y'all. And it will never be that cheap again ever. So you have to buy this at this price. You'll be locked into it as long as you don't like, if you cancel and come back, um, I'm pretty understanding unless you have like some kind of crisis and you reach out to me and say like, Hey, I like need to take a month off or whatever. Um, from this and you want to pause for a month, like I'm open to that on a case by case basis. But if you just go and like cancel your membership, you know, through the system and try to sign up again, you won't like this price will never be around again. Um, so that'll be launching on Friday. If you're not on my email list or social media, that's where you'll hear about it. So you should jump on one of, or both of those things so that you can sign up in the very limited window when it comes around because literally after I run this sale, the price is actually going to be like $17.99 a month. So neither, and then a yearly price that'll be a little bit, um, cheaper. 
than that. Um, like a little bit discount off for paying for a year up front, obviously, but it won't be that cheap ever again. So got to do it. Got to jump in on it. With all that said, Jupiter and Aquarius, I'm glad you're here. Um, so Jupiter moved into Aquarius on Saturday. The only thing astrologically happening this week is Mars is no longer combust as of the 28th. Okay, so I lied. It's still combust right now as I'm recording this on Tuesday the 23rd. So the 28th is Sunday. So that's what I'm saying. There's like nothing happening really this week. And we'll be glad when Mars is no longer combust. I covered that in an earlier episode. Um, it just kind of means that the energy of Mars gets all wonky. It gets like um, kind of overpowered by the energy of the sun. And it's just like, uh, it's not a good thing. It might have led to a feeling of burnout, especially is the kind of key word that I've been picking up from a lot of people um, and myself included have been feeling during this time. And Mars has been combust since about August 16th or 17th. Um, and so that it's still in Libra in Vishaka Nakshatra, which, um, the best keyword I could say for that is balanced action. If you want to like harness that energy in the best way to, you know, have a balanced approach to taking action, um, which I think could be a good antidote to burnout, right? Don't just go, go, go so hard. Um, maybe take a balanced approach to how you take action. And also Vishaka Nakshatra is ruled by Jupiter, which is great. Just adds to this, um, Jupiter energy that we're going to talk about. So what makes Mars no longer combust is the sun and Mercury really too. Um, but it doesn't have to do with combustion, but Mercury has also moved to, to Scorpio with the sun and K2 is there. K2 has been there for a long while. Um, if you don't know about that, just keep listening to the podcast. Um, and because I'll talk about it, K2 is one of the eclipse points. So I'll talk about it, especially next week because the moon will be conjunct with K2 and it'll be kind of a big deal. So I'll talk about that on the full moon episode next week. So stay tuned there. But why I bring that up now is that's contributing to this rise in Scorpio energy, which is, I know I've seen all over social media, like I've been on Instagram in the past couple of days and everybody's talking about happy Sagittarius season and whatever. Um, there's still a lot of planets in Scorpio is what I'm saying. Um, and so there's still a good amount of Scorpio energy going on. Mars is still lingering in Libra. So we still have that energy going on. So, um, just keep an eye out for those things. But this big shift that just happened is what I want to mainly talk to you about is Jupiter moving into Aquarius. And so I also recognize just another reminder, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, I'm a sidereal astrologer, Vedic astrology, which is the system of astrology that comes from the ancient text, same place that yoga does. Um, and as a yoga teacher, I just felt really more authentic to me to teach and learn about that. You know, I had to learn about it before I could teach it. The form of astrology, the system of astrology that came from the same place as yoga is a little bit different than the system of astrology that's widely used in the U.S. that we call Western astrology based on Hellenistic astrology, like from Greece, 
which is actually where we get all the names for the signs. Um, and there are names for the signs in Sanskrit, but it doesn't matter that I just use the... The ancient cultures blended a little bit. So there's some overlap, but they are different. Um, and the major important difference for right now for this discussion is that Vedic astrology uses the sidereal zodiac, which is a little bit closer to astronomically accurate than the tropical zodiac that, you know, I don't know if y'all have ever heard that argument against astrology before that it's not even astronomically accurate. Well, that's because Western astrology uses the tropical zodiac, which is like almost a whole sign off. It's like 23 degrees or something. And a sign is like 30 degrees or 26 degrees. So like, so it's almost an entire sign off from what is astronomically accurate. And there's a little bit of play in the sidereal zodiac. Um, I covered this more on an episode of the science of light. It was an early episode called astronomy versus astrology. If you haven't listened to it and you want to know more about that, you can check it there in my link in my bio on my social media. I have all these resources that talk about the difference between Western and Vedic astrology and the sidereal zodiac. So you can find those there in my yogiscopes.com slash link in bio, or you can find it on my social medias um, there to learn more about that. But so if you've been watching social media and you're like confused by this, then you're like, wait, I thought Jupiter's like been in Aquarius. Um, it hasn't. And it's, it moved into Aquarius. Well, it like, it has actually, that's a lie. So it, um, last year it moved into Capricorn and then it was in Capricorn until April 5th of this year when it moved into Aquarius and it was in Aquarius until September 14th. And then it went retrograde and it was retrograde, uh, like it retrograded into Capricorn, went direct in October, but you had to move back through the rest of Capricorn until November 20th. So point being Jupiter has, it bounced into Aquarius from April 5th to about September 14th of this year. So if you can just think back quickly, like what was the general vibe of that time uh, for you? Was there a feeling of like this ease, full energy, this expansive energy, this like lifting of restrictions, perhaps I know here in the U S we had like, like I was able to have a wedding with 90 people out it this summer. Um, and it felt safe COVID wise. And then Jupiter went retrograde and it's like, we started having mass mandates coming back in and like things coming back, you know? So it's just, I don't know. I, maybe you can notice it too. Um, the kind of shifts in energy related to, um, restrictions when Jupiter was in Capricorn. So before April 5th and then after September 14th until now, um, and, uh, maybe, a a feeling like, like you're spinning your wheels when it comes to like trying to move forward and, and manifest things and expand things in your life. Um, we'll get more into that in the sign by sign horoscopes, what I mean by things, because that could vary greatly. Um, I remember I had a, my freshman English teacher in high school, she like, you know how English teachers have pet peeves? Um, hers was the word things. She was like, things is the most nondescript word. Like it could mean literally anything, you know? And so I'm like, I think about that sometimes when I say things, but I mean it this, like in this sense, um, 
what area of life depends on your sign. And we'll get there in the sign by sign horoscopes if you stick around till the end. Of course, I will have the timestamps for you so you can just listen to the whole general podcast and then scrub through um, to your sign, your rising and moon sign to learn what area of life. So if you've been feeling stuck in a certain area of life, um, that could have been related to Jupiter and Capricorn because Jupiter, it brings the, it's the, it's represented by expansion, which makes sense because it's the biggest planet. It's freaking huge, you know? (laughs) So it represents expansion wherever it moves in your chart. So whatever sign it moves in, in the sky and like whatever area of your chart, whatever house that sign is in represents an area of life for you. And when Jupiter moves there, generally it brings expansion and like the ability to manifest great things and wisdom and, you know, generosity. It just like great stuff. Like Jupiter is always good, even when it was in Capricorn. So if you are a Capricorn or like Capricorn is ruling over an important area of life for you, maybe in this season of life right now, um, maybe you're in your Jupiter planetary period. If you don't know about that, you can ask me um, because I'd love to cover more about that. I just, anyway, um, it's, it might not have been all bad, but, but you might have picked up on some, so Capricorn is like Jupiter's worst sign. It's where Jupiter does not do the best because Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, but so is Aquarius. Okay. So we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, but Capricorn is ruled by Saturn And Capricorn has this energy of structure and, um, you know, it likes rules. It likes restrictions. It has this association with the career and the government and the outside world. Um, So that's why we saw things related to government restrictions during that time, feeling like the government was... Uh, restricting expansion. Good, some good keywords there for you know Capricorn and Saturn and Jupiter and well, also also Saturn was in is in Capricorn too. Um, Saturn will be in Capricorn until April ish of next year. So when Jupiter was there with Saturn in a Saturn ruled sign, it was just a lot of Saturn on Jupiter, which was restricting the expansiveness basically. So it might not have been all bad, but it might have not felt as good. And so now as Jupiter moves into Aquarius, it just feels like it can breathe a little bit easier there, which means you might feel less like you're spinning your wheels. You might feel more like you're able to manifest the things you're trying to manifest. Um, And so my, my biggest keywords I have for you for Jupiter and Aquarius our practical manifestation because so let's let's like break this down and think it through astrologically so Aquarius is still ruled by Saturn so that brings the practical aspect um and then manifestation that's what Jupiter Jupiter is here to expand your life to make things better um especially in wherever whatever area of your chart Aquarius is in you can go look up your birth chart on my website yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator, or you can just go to yogiscopes.com and click chart calculator at the top. It's at the top of like every page. Um, 
and go there and calculate it. It's free. You don't even have to give me your email address and look for, um, look for a query, the little AQ, uh, sign in which house. And you can find out which house that is. If you have more questions, please just ask me or just listen to the sign by sign horoscopes at the end. And I'll just tell you what, what area of life this is happening in for you. Um, but so Aquarius is, what do we know about Aquarius? It's this like aloof, uh, independent, free thinker sign. And it's often associated with things like the greater good and caring about, you know, society as a whole. Um, and just, you know, like bigger topics like that. Um, and then Jupiter is expansion. And so, if you can think about what you want to manifest in your life, in this life, especially if it's related to A, the area where Aquarius is for you, and or B, um, something that helps the greater good, and you're able to do so um, through, so the keywords from the like text for Jupiter and Aquarius is expansion through control. But I wanted to add that greater good piece. So if it can be in alignment with your dharma, um, which is like your greater life's purpose. So that's what, like, there are a lot of things that would serve the greater good. We have a lot of ills in society, right? But I don't think every cause can be every single person's, like, biggest focus. Like, yes, we should have some awareness of um, other people's suffering and the needs of, of others and the collective needs of society. But I don't think it's very productive for all of us to try to do everything all the time. I talk about that a lot. I think any of us can do anything. Any of us can even do everything, but we can't do everything all at once. Nobody can. It would not be very productive or, um, it would, it would just be scattered and it, you know, it's kind of like you can know, a lot about a little bit, or you can know a little bit about a lot, but you can't know everything about everything, right? You know, like we can't all be experts on everything, you know, <laughs> like we can, we got to specialize, right? So that's where doing this work around Dharma or maybe where Aquarius is for you. So maybe you don't have like a, a sense yet of where, of like what your Dharma is, I actually have another tool for that, just FYI, on my website. Actually, I don't know if it's linked directly on my website, but it is linked on my link in my bio on my social media, yogiscopes.com slash link in bio, um, or you just find that on my Instagram or Facebook. It's there. Um, it's called the Dharma Worksheet, and it will help you work through um, some areas of your life and work through this idea of like, what are you good at? What are your strengths? What does society need? Um, things like that. What What is being lit up by your birth chart to help you piece together what might be your dharma if you don't already have a good sense of that. And I actually I have plans to improve on that worksheet, but it's already pretty good. Um, so if you don't have a good sense of what your dharma is, you could use that. Go get that from my website. Um, or think about in terms of where Aquarius is for you. What is it that you want to manifest? Um, and then, so, but Saturn, Saturn rules Aquarius, this 
Aquarius energy brings in the practical piece to this. Like how can you practically manifest whatever it is you're trying to manifest, whether it's in your life or for the greater good. Hopefully it has some connection to the greater good, but it's kind of okay if it doesn't. I'm not, you know, you know what it is you're trying to do, you know? Um, and by the greater good, I mean, it could serve like your own little corner of the world. I'm a huge proponent of like, none of us, you know, I just got done saying this, like none of us can do everything. So if everybody would just focus on brightening their own little corner of the world, whatever that looks like, however big that is, what, you know, whatever that is, just add a little bit of light to the world, you know, on a small scale, it would do amazing things. Like if everybody was doing that, if everybody was just like minding their own business and worrying about doing what they can, what's in their power to make things better, then everything would be a whole lot better. But instead we have a lot of people that are like feeling confused because they feel like there's a lot of stuff's out of their control and it should be in their control, but it's not. Anyway, um, off that soapbox. So how do you practically manifest things? This is another one of my favorite topics that I try to cover from a lot of different angles, especially on my other podcasts. Um, the science of light. I just like, I think that's like, aren't we all just always trying to like do more, be better, um, improve our lives, optimize, whatever. Um, like there's something that can always be improved upon. Um, there's always like new heights to climb to new things to manifest in life. And the whole like spiritual community around manifesting is like, just put the vibe out there. And if you don't get it, it's cause you weren't vibing right or whatever. And like, that just doesn't make a whole lot of practical sense to me. So this Jupiter and Aquarius time is a time to really lean into how do you practically manifest things. And I will say to you, this is how it's with your habits. Um, so I have some journal prompts and some ideas around that that we'll get into momentarily, but I just want to say, um, quickly and obviously some yoga practices, some favorable and unfavorable kind of aspects to the energy of this time. These are things I always like to include. Um, so Jupiter and Aquarius can bring an organized and orderly energy, which can be good. Uh, you know, that's the Saturn that, especially if you cultivate that, like lean into being organized and orderly, it can greatly help your efforts to expand or manifest or whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, it also can bring this orientation towards what is lawful and just and like good for the greater good of society, right? But the shadow side of that is wanting to be too by the book because some things are better left for like not being super like this is the policy, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so don't get too dogmatic or like perfunctory in that need to be caring for the greater good. Um, so yeah, so being philosophical, uh, political, you know, working towards the greater good, even being self-sufficient, being a good friend or supporter, all those things are kind of heightened during this time. Um, but the, the unfavorable 
things that can be brought out by this energy are being um, too much by the book or if you self-isolate or um, are reluctant to move into new territory, that can really inhibit the growth of this time. Or being uh, kind of pessimistic or not dependable, like all those things, those types of uses of this energy or if or if you kind of just like are that way if you're kind of isolating so so those are things that can be brought out by Saturn so if you want to lean into um, the Jupiter side of things by being caring um, being self-sufficient being organized and orderly that will be more positive expressions of this energy so if you feel yourself being self-isolating or like feeling like you're restricted or stuck or not leaning on your networks and friends as much as you could, um, maybe just notice that and try to break free from it because that will, if you can break free from it, that will really help in the taking part in the feeling of expansiveness of this time. So with that said, here come your yoga practices and journal prompts so I will of course put these this timestamp in the show notes just so you know so good yoga practices to work with this energy are to lean into the spiritual element of your practice especially meditation mantra and mudras um really connecting to that sense of higher power or higher purpose in whatever way that you do um if that's through your yoga practice especially so if you've never done any kind of work with mantra or mudras um I'm happy to like talk about that some with you or like give you some ideas for ones to work with this energy but I would say just mostly like leaning into your meditation practice especially and making it a regular thing especially leaning into the habit of meditation so like we talked about a second ago habits are really important to this energy because how do you practically manifest things is basically through your habits. Um, And so in talking about the favorable and unfavorable expressions of this energy, another unfavorable expression of this energy can be um, still with, with Jupiter. Most of the time it's like if you get too ungrounded to lean too much into the Jupiter energy, it's like, um, you can feel ungrounded and and just like too idealistic to the point where it's unrealistic. So that's that's what we want to avoid. So I the, the journal prompts I have prepared for you are like meant to help with that. Um but basically to result to relate back to the beginning of the episode There's still intense Scorpio energy going on. And if I could give Scorpio like one key word, it would be intensity. And the fact that we have the sun there, which is a fire, you know, planet and Mercury there, which basically just amplifies the effects of the sun. And then shortly Mars will be moving there, um, too. So we just have, and and K2's there. So we have all this Scorpio energy, which is just bringing a lot of intensity And then if you apply that, like have that in the background of your mind and then know that Jupiter is doing its thing over here and getting kind of less restricted. And so if you want 
if you have this less restricted expansive energy going on with also this lots of intense energy it can create a pull to feel like if you to make this big manifestation that you want to make you have to approach it with intensity and that's good but what happens with intensity and fire you know whatever fire archetype it burns out fast so we want to embrace those Saturnine qualities of Aquarius. Um, like I've said, Aquarius is ruled by Saturn um, to bring consistency. So this Jupiter in Aquarius, it's like if you can apply consistency to what it is you're trying to manifest, um, it'll kind of balance out the Scorpio energy that's going on. It will keep you grounded in, instead of becoming too idealistic or too focused on the big picture. Because focusing on the big picture is good and we want to do that, but we want to bring that down into smaller chunks and like, okay, what can I do now today um, to, to make this manifest, whatever it is, whatever this is for you. Um, and so, of course, I'll get into the sign-by-sign -sign horoscopes if you need a little extra guidance. Maybe you already have a good sense of what it is you're trying to manifest. Um, and maybe... You just run with that, and if it aligns with the sign-by-sign, sign, awesome. If it doesn't, like, don't don't put too much thought into it. Use your intuition. If your intuition was telling you something, listen to that, okay? Um, so how are you going to do that with your yoga practice? You're going to lean into the spiritual element, especially meditation, especially if you can have a meditation habit. But now remember, a habit has to be established before it can be optimized, so I want you to give yourself permission to show up as you are now instead of as the person you want to be down the road, right? So break free from that over-idealization and focus on consistency. If you don't already have a meditation practice or if you haven't done it in a while because of life changes, like maybe you used to have a meditation practice, whatever the case may be, maybe you've never had a meditation practice, don't beat yourself up over the particulars. Show up as you are now. And that's why it's like, you might hear yoga teachers say this all the time. It is way more powerful to sit down and breathe for three breaths, five breaths, 30 seconds, one minute, rather than try and just sit down and do like a, even if it's a guided meditation, if you're like, I'm going to start with 10, 20 minute meditations every day, you're not going to fucking do it, dude. You're just not like I've done. I've been there before where I wanted to start a meditation practice and I thought I needed to start at what I wanted the end result to show up at like, you know, and then it didn't work. It wasn't consistent. So what you need to do is create the space for your meditation practice, right? Like, um, like, okay, I'm going to sit and take five breaths before I get out of my car at work or at home so that I can reset myself from my work day or from like, you know, get in the mindset to go to work, you know, things like that, that is really powerful to cultivating the benefits of a meditation practice. So just stopping, the more opportunities you can stop and take three to five to 10 breaths, or even set a timer for 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes, the more you do that, the more reinforcement you're going to have for that habit, which means the more you're going to do it, the better you're going to get at it. So don't just try to start at the end result. And this applies for anything, but 
I'm using meditation as the example because I think meditation is an important part of yoga practice, especially for this transit, um, connecting to your higher spiritual self, connecting to your spiritual side of your practice, connecting to um, your higher power, especially whatever that looks like for you. Um, and then if you're feeling too much of this energy, if you're feeling kind of scattered and ungrounded and a little bit too, um, in the spiritual realm, because I, I see that too, that can be like a, um, a thing too, especially even if, uh, I hesitate to say, even if you have a strong meditation practice, maybe like it, regardless, whatever that can be, sometimes we lean too much into these spiritual practices, especially with the eclipse season going on. Kind of covered that on last episode. I'll cover it next week. Um, it's a good time for grounding or root chakra work. So if you don't know what that is, you can always ask me about it. I'll say it one time. I'll say it a million. I'll say it again. I'm always open to your questions. Um, I'm happy to answer them. Please reach out to me. Please don't be scared. Um, and so root chakra work, if you don't know what that is, but grounding, that can look like anything. Like what feels grounding to you? Is it a pet? Is it a rock? Is it going outside? Is it being near water? Is it a bath? Is it uh, laying in your bed? You know, I don't know. It could be a bunch of things. Um, but I encourage you to explore, like, what really feels grounding. Don't just go into what are other people telling me should be grounding. Um, because I think there could be a lot of answers and none of them are necessarily right or wrong. It's like really what feels grounding to you. Um, so lean into spirituality at this time, especially a regular spiritual practice, a regular connection with, um, your spiritual teachers. Jupiter is the guru. That's actually its Sanskrit name. So connection with your gurus can be beneficial. Um, yeah, so lean into that stuff right now. But if it makes you feel scattered and makes you feel like you're having a hard time connecting with how you're going to bring that stuff into practical manifestation, then try some grounding work. Um, maybe even a yoga nidra could be really grounding. Um, there's some great recorded ones out there. And then your journal prompts. So I always encourage you to do these journal prompts um, I like to create a container for journaling practice. I think, you know, most people probably already have one. Like most of the time you probably don't like just journal with a thousand things on your mind. Or if you do, like by the time you get going, you've kind of settled in. That's why journaling is so great. Cause when you're writing, you have to focus like what you're doing on writing. So it's hard to, um, be really elsewhere. It's like a good place for the mind body connection because you're connecting your thoughts to your hand and your hand can only move so fast and it helps you to like slow your thoughts down and kind of clear them out and muddle through them. So that's why journaling is great. Um, but it's good to create a container if you can. So if you start with just a mind dump journaling, that's a good way to kind of slow down and get into the space of journaling. Or if you do this after your yoga practice after your meditation practice and then just journal about what comes up for you. You know, uh, I covered a lot of that on the, on last week's episode about how to create a container for your journaling practice and, and why 
you would want to do that, but trust me, it's important. So for practical manifestation, the first question I want you to think about is what is your greater vision for your life? Like your biggest dream, doesn't matter if it seems silly at this point, because I promise y'all one time in my life, I was like a homeless drug addict. I promise, like I was, like if you don't know that about me, uh, you should absolutely check out my other podcast, The Science of Light, especially the earlier episodes. It wasn't very good, like sound recording and like podcast wise then, but if you want to hear that story and more about that, um, like I've been to some depths, some low rock bottom depths before in my life. And now I've practically manifested some things that I've been trying for for a long time. So I just, I, it might seem silly, like when I was a homeless drug addict to think that I could like even become a yoga teacher seemed out of the question, even though I always wanted to do that. So it's just, you know, to use myself as an example, even if it seems so far away from where you are now and seems silly, don't worry about time. The time's going to pass anyway. You might as well put it to good use. Like it doesn't matter how long it's going to take. What is your greatest vision for this life? And is it in alignment with your dharma or your higher life's purpose? So maybe you don't have a connection to what your dharma is. Maybe you don't care right now. Um, Maybe that will all fall into place later. Um, I do think that having some connection to that can help you feel a little bit more grounded, a little bit more validated, etc. And again, you can, I'll point you to the dharma worksheet that you can find on my website and my link in my bio. I'll probably just link it in the show notes at this point. Um, yeah, I think I'll do that. I'll link the Dharma worksheet. If you need help getting in touch with your Dharma, if you have the bandwidth for that right now and you want to, that resource is there that I have. So number one, what is your greatest vision for life and is it in alignment with your Dharma or your life's higher purpose? Um, so maybe you mind dump journal about that. Like the big vision, don't be practical right now in this question just mind dump what is the biggest vision for your life and then now we're going to get granular question number two what does a day in that life look like so get really granular get really micro how does a person that lives that life show up on a daily basis what do they do what are their habits you know what did they do to get them there think about it. Like maybe you look to a person that does that and, and like research about them or spend some time in their world or just think about it. Like, like how, how do you get there? Um, what does, what would it look like in your life to live that kind of life and get super granular here? Really just thinking about what would have to happen to live that, or excuse me, to live that life? And then number three, what can you do to bridge the gap between how you show up today and how the person that's living the life of your dreams shows up? So that could look like a lot of things. I mean, that could be like financial. That could be um, getting up earlier, having better sleep hygiene, having better um, habits around your phone usage. I don't know. It could be a lot of things, but it probably has to do with habits. It's probably not like 
you need to just um get some like windfall or something it probably you know i mean maybe you could get a win you could win the lottery to get you there sure but what are the odds of that happening like millions to one um so i wouldn't count on that i wouldn't put my stock in that if i was you so what can you do in a practical way to bridge the gap between how you show up today and how the person with the life of your dreams shows up and this is going to be a years long process you all like i promise you it's not easy it's constantly evolving and you'll probably keep revisiting this same kind of activity in different ways honestly that's why i like astrology because it helps bring us through these as the planets go through their cycles so do we and it just gives archetypes for focus and right now the focus is on bringing your highest vision your dharma your greatest vision for your life down into manifestation and that's through your habits so if you need any more help with that of course stick around for your sign by sign horoscope reach out to me with questions but an astrology reading a birth chart reading is a great way to get more clarity around that you can book that in the show notes you can go to my website and click on offerings it's there to find an astrology reading i will soon be adding more types of readings but right now it's good to start with a birth chart reading so check that out check out the resources i have on my website reach out to me with questions i'm always open to answer them and i'm so grateful that you're here please like rate, subscribe, review, all those little fun things. Share it with your friends if you got value out of this episode. I'm so grateful that you're here. Stick around until after the outro music and find your time in the show notes for your moon and rising sign. As a reminder, these will be applicable to your Vedic, sidereal, moon, and rising signs. So if you don't know those, head over to my website right now, yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. You can also find that linked in the show notes or just go to yogiscopes.com and click on chart calculator at the top. Calculate your birth chart. You don't have to enter your email or anything. You just calculate it right there. You can see it. Look in the little box below the chart if the chart looks like a foreign language to you you will see us a part that says ascendant and moon sign and you can look at those two signs and those will be the signs that are applicable to you this is the area of life where you might be practically manifesting right now where you might feel an expansiveness if you bring some practicality so stick around find your rising and moon sign and then find the time for that rising and moon sign. You're always more than welcome to listen to more than one if you want to. So if you are an Aries, moon, or rising sign, this is especially poignant time for you to focus on your long-term desires and goals, and especially how your friends or network circles, like colleagues, um, people you can network with, the way that you could leverage that community connection to help realize your long-term dreams and goals. So it's also like you might see some expansiveness in your opportunities and your gains from your career during this time. So especially if you can leverage network circles, leverage your career, um, things like that, look for major expansiveness, especially related to 
your long-term desires and goals. And also if you have a relationship with older siblings, um, if you have older siblings and if you have a relationship with them, it could be a good time to lean on them as well as friends and network circles. So if you are a Taurus moon or rising, this is happening around your career, your status, your public life, um, your external manifestations. So sometimes, especially like I was saying in the general um, interpretation for everybody, this could be a time to lean into what you're trying to manifest spiritually um, or using your spiritual practice as a tool for manifestation, as a tool for clarity especially. Um, and I think for you, especially if your career doesn't feel in alignment, now is the time to think about that and maybe get it there um, because that will bring more major expansiveness there, especially if you can feel like you're in a career that really puts your wisdom and your care for the greater good. Like what is a really important cause to you and is there a way that you can shine that light into the world through the work you do. You know, not everybody can get paid for the things they love because some people love like random stuff that nobody's really paying you for, but but maybe you can find a way to leverage that. And I hope you can, and I hope you can find a way to bring expansiveness in your career, especially if it's aligned with your Dharma. And if you don't know, check out the Dharma worksheet. Um and just think onto that. Think about your public life your material manifestations, what kind of expansiveness do you want to bring there? And is it in alignment with your Dharma? If you are a Gemini moon or rising, this is happening in your area of life that has connections to your father or father figure, gurus and spiritual teachers, perhaps even religion, dogma, spirituality. Um, and then also higher learning or travel. So all those things are kind of indicated right now. Is there, maybe you've been wanting to plan a trip. Maybe you've been wanting to add some expansiveness, fresh perspectives to your life through higher learning or travel. That can be a really great way to bring wisdom into your life right now. Um, or especially for you, I know I mentioned this because Jupiter is the guru in general, but Jupiter is also a natural significator of the ninth house, so um, which is where Aquarius falls for you, Gemini. Um, so, so how could you bring expansiveness into your life through your connection to spiritual teachers, your father or father figure if you have one, um, but especially spiritual teachers, gurus, connection to spirituality. It's an especially important time for that for you, and leaning into those things can bring a sense of... Um, expansiveness for you and can help you lean into whatever it is you're trying to manifest. If you are a cancer moon or ascendant, this is happening and it might be a major time for personal growth for you. And personal growth is not always easy. Let me start by saying that. So, um, if the, if there's ever been like any kind of transcendental kind of work you wanted to do, like transcendental meditation, um, maybe you might feel like you've been at kind of, or maybe you might feel like during this time that it feels like an, an inflection point for you. And an inflection point is not just easy. 
It's not like all of a sudden everything turns around in your life and things get better. Usually it involves some kind of overcoming some kind of obstacle in your life. Um, so those things could be heightened right now. Never fear. It's okay. Um, if they are, it's a good time to lean into transcendental practices, spiritual practices to um, work through some deep emotions and turmoil and maybe even deeper cycles, karmic cycles that have been coming up for you. Get to the root of the problem of your obstacles and um, that should help overcome it and hit this inflection point where you feel like you're able to bring a lot of expansiveness in your life. So if this is a really hard time, you need a, le a little extra support, please reach out to me perhaps. Um, yeah, but lean into those personal growth tactics, spiritual transcendental tactics. Um, yeah, that could be really helpful for you now. So for Leo, this is happening in your house of marriage and partnership. So this is referring to relationships like, yes, your intimate partner relationships, but also business partner relationships or, um, anything that's a little bit more serious and contractual is kind of lit up by this area of life. Um, but it could also be a time to think about how you relate to people in general. So, um, is the way that you show up in relationship really authentic to how you want to show up? Is it, um, authentic to the greater good of the relationship and of your life, uh, in general, because, you know, a relationship isn't just about what either party can get out of it, but it's about serving the relationship as its own entity. And then also serving both of the, or all of the parties in that relationship. So, um, it's a really good time to think about how you relate to people, how that serves the higher good, not just in your life, but, of the collective, of either the collective of the folks involved or impacted by that relationship or um, just the people in your life in general. So really lean into that. Really lean into how uh, leaning into partnership can enhance your life and perhaps bring, you know, help you manifest whatever it is you're trying to manifest in your life. And so I want to say that like, Yes, this is often called the house of marriage. It is your seventh house. That's because Vedic astrology comes from ancient India where they did arranged marriages and things and very traditional. So um, don't worry about that if that's not in the cards for you, especially right now. But maybe it is. Maybe it's the time that you get married. Like if you're thinking about getting married, it's a good time for it. Um, but if that's not in the cards for you, I'm not telling you that's the only way to work for the, with this. It could also be just partnership in general, business partnership, um, and really leaning into how you as a person show up in these intimate relationships and how that can, how you can improve upon that to improve your life. Um, if you are a Virgo moon or ascendant, this is happening in your house, your sixth house of debts, oppositions, and habits. So habits are extra important for you right now, which shouldn't be a problem as a Virgo, right? Um, so Virgos tend to be pretty analytical, pretty organized. Um, but I know probably 
even some Virgos can fall victim to feeling scattered, to feeling their energy pulled in too many different ways. Maybe you are really organized, but maybe you feel like your organizational skills in life aren't serving your higher purpose. Um, so some really good ways to balance that energy is to, to be of service, as I'm sure is probably, you know, it's a, it's a good for you. So Virgo, you know, um, Virgo trait to be very service oriented. So I'm kind of lean into that right now, especially when it's service oriented of the higher, greater good. Um, and then kind of leaning into expansiveness around limiting things that might oppose you like debt or sickness or competition or just your daily grind. Is your daily grind really serving your highest good? I think those journal prompts I offered um, for just everybody in general are like super poignant for you, Virgo, probably. If you can really lean into making your habits serve your dharma, serve the greater good of the collective in some way, but especially in a way that really lights you up. Um, now is a time to lean into that. It will be really expansive for you. If you are a Libra moon or ascendant, this is happening in your house of creativity and children. So um, it could be a good time for having children. If you've been trying to get pregnant, if you want to get pregnant, it could be a time for that. If you don't, uh, maybe you lean into creative endeavors and take a little extra caution around birth control measures, um, if you need to. And so just, yeah, it could bring expansiveness in the area of children. Maybe your children will add a lot of, if you already have children, they'll add a lot of expansiveness to your life. If children is like not the thing for you, I'm not trying to say that's should be the goal for everybody. Um, but just know that there's also this creation or connection to creation. So what is it that you want to birth into the world? Like big life projects. Maybe you want to write a book or maybe you want to, um, ha like, like this is for stuff that's like life, like, ah, what's the word for it? Your, like your life's work. Um, sorry, y'all having a brain fart, but, um, the big creations that you want to do in life, like the magnum opus, I think, you know, like your big thing, the big thing that you want to be known for in life, this is a good time to work on manifesting that, um, bringing it into fruition, especially if that thing can serve the greater good in some way, the collective, your dharma, all of those things we talked about in the general portion of the episode. Um, so either creative creativity and or children. And also if it's also a house that indicates like speculation and gambling, gambling. So if you play the stock market, it could be a good time, but don't like, I'm not a financial advisor, like red flag. Uh, I just, it's, it could be a good time of luck for you in relation to speculation and gambling, but don't like take that as any kind of advice to go blow all your money on the stock market because if you don't know any, I don't know anything about it. I don't know. It's not my thing, but if it's your thing, it could be a good time for that. Um, and also to lean into past life merits. So what are you naturally good at? How can you use that to, um, improve upon whatever it is you're trying to birth into the world, whether that's literal actual children and, or 
some kind of, is magnum opus the right word? Somebody please message me and tell me if that's the right word I'm looking for. Um, okay. So if you are a Scorpio ascendant or moon sign, uh, this is a time to focus on bringing expansion into your life through knowledge and family, your sense of inner peace and comfort, your sense of home. So I did, I'm doing a series right now on my other podcast, The Science of Light, about inner home for the holidays. You can check out that episode because home doesn't just literally mean like your house or where you grew up, although it does have, and for you it does, this time of life, this Jupiter transit does have implications around your home, like your literal house, your homeland, like where you grew up, your mother or mother figure. Um, so it does kind of indicate those things. And if you need to like lean into or, um, lean on those things, that could be a good thing, but it, it might not be that it might be more your sense of inner peace and comfort, your emotions and happiness and creating a sense of home and inner peace within yourself. So if you can lean into those endeavors and really kind of clear up the energy there, whatever that may look like, emotion-wise, um, you know, or with your literal house, that can be a good a good way to bring expansiveness into your life. If you ha feel like you have a better, firmer foundation with your home base, whether that's your sense of inner comfort or like your literal home, homeland, your mom, things like that. Um, just think about what it means for you. I'm always happy to support you more if you need a little more guidance there. If you are a Sagittarius moon or rising, this is a good time to focus on your communication, your short-term goals, your younger siblings, if you have any, like leaning and or neighbors, leaning into those relationships, um, and then also your hobbies. So ways that you express yourself. Uh, if you can really lean into that type of stuff right now, that will help you bring expansiveness um, into your life, bring a maybe a sense of joy or maybe help you manifest things, leaning on if you have younger siblings, if you don't have a relationship with them, if you don't want to, I'm not like trying to tell you anything there if I don't know the situation. Um, but just, just know that all of those areas are kind of lit up and indicated for you right now. How are you expressing yourself? What are your short-term goals? What? How are you expressing yourself in relation to your short-term goals. Maybe you have a blog or a podcast or your social media channels or, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have any kind of, like, job where those things are relevant. But um, how, like, how also could your hobbies serve you? So this is one of those things that, like, I think we're often in Western society programmed to be, like, hobbies. You should only do them if you can be, like, the best. You should only have, like, a fitness routine if the ultimate goal is to like run Ironmans one day or whatever like no just how do you like or maybe like you should only paint if you can be like an amazing painter and sell your artwork no how are you expressing yourself through hobbies like physical activity sports um writing creating things like that because even just doing them if the point isn't to be the best or to sell it or to make money at it it can enhance 
your self-expression. Um, and it can help you kind of like smash your short-term goals. So um, I know I said kind of the focus is on your long-term goals as a Jupiter and Aquarius thing, like your biggest manifestations for your life. But for you particularly, leaning into what short-term goals you can check off or set in relation to your long-term goals could be a really beneficial process. And then also leaning into how your hobbies and the way you express yourself and communicate yourself in the world can enhance those things and bring expansiveness into your life is what is indicated for you now, Sagittarius. If you are a Capricorn moon or ascendant, this is happening in your area of life that represents your wealth, your assets, your family of origin, and your speech and diet. So, um, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. So maybe you have some, some kind of family stuff coming up, or maybe your family life growing up, whether that was, and we're talking early family life, not like your family life now, like your childhood family life. Um, whether that was good or bad, does it have anything to do with your dharma? Maybe it's something that like, you don't want anybody else to have to go through what you did. So you want to kind of like put something in the world that helps other folks with that. Or maybe you want to help other people in the same way that you were helped growing up or help other people live a similar life that you did. What small ways can you do that? Or maybe, maybe you're like, you know, this could be Jupiter. When Jupiter moves into this house, like it could be a good time for increasing your wealth and assets. Like it could also be, an indication of wealth through the family of origin, but maybe not. Um, but it could also bring some stuff related to your speech or your diet. So make sure you're um, kind of keeping those things in check, trying to use your wisdom like Jupiter. Um, really focus on saying things with intention, eating things with intention, especially like mindful eating is good now. Um, I don't want to be one of those like toxic diet people around the holidays and stuff and say like, watch out about your like diet becoming too expansive, but this could be a little extra indicated for you right now. Um, because Jupiter and, and by right now, I mean all the way through April. So if that is like something you need to watch out for do, but like take that with a grain of salt, it could be, it could show up more like it's a really good time for you to eat super well um and and bring expansiveness into your life that way um to to feel a lot better in your body because you're eating so well or same thing with with speaking it could be a good time that like the way you speak if you do so with eloquence um and put a lot of intention around that could you know be good like it could take you places and, and do good things in your life so all of this is yeah, it's a big house when it's a big deal when Jupiter moves into the second house, which is where it is for you. So all of those things are indicated. Are you going to see an expansion of wealth and expansion of your assets or maybe expansion around your speech or diet or family of origin? I don't know. I'd love to hear from you what happens if you are an Aquarius rising or moon sign. This is also probably a big deal for you, as I was mentioning, for Capricorn is kind of a big deal. Aquarius is kind of a big deal because it's on your first house. It's Jupiter is moving into your first house. If you've been feeling 
rough, like super rough over the um, Jupiter and Capricorn times. Jaffiel, I so feel you um, because that Jupiter was in your 12th house then, which is like probably felt kind of extra isolating for you. Um, and now it's a time to feel an expansiveness around your sense of self and your sense of overall well-being and self-improvement. So it's an extra point in time to think about how you're showing up and how that, um, is that in alignment with your dharma? Especially are your habits aligning with the overall well-being and overall person that you want to be in life? Um, it's kind of a big deal. I don't want to undercut that or um, not give it its day in the sun because I think for you it could just be it could be a really expansive time for how you're showing up in the world if you wanted to show up more or better or like really let your personality shine uh, to help enhance your manifestations related to your dharma. Lean into that right now. Lean into your personality. Lean into what makes you you and your sense of self. Um, it's a good time for it, especially if it can serve the greater good. If you are a Pisces moon or ascendant, this is happening in your 12th house. So it can be a good time for spiritual liberation through knowledge. So the 12th house can be a significator of letting go, loss, isolation, faraway places, like far distance travel. So if you are able to travel or have the desire to travel right now, it could be a good time to do so. But if not, uh, leaning into uh, your meditation practice could also be really indicated right now. But also leaning into your dreams. If you're having like wild dreams, uh, maybe journal about that or seek out some kind of awareness around what is coming to you through your dreams and then also what is coming up in your intuition so with all that said um if just maybe surrender to that process perhaps um and you could might find a lot of spiritual liberation it but it could also feel like a time of isolation for you so try to use that to your advantage if it does feel really isolating i hope you're able to lean into that has a sense of reprieve from the world rather than a sad sense of isolation. But just do know that that might come up and lean into your meditation practice to your connection with the higher power to your spiritual practice to help work through that, work through stuff. Um, it could be really beneficial spiritually to you if you're able to use the time as a reprieve and to lean into those um hidden parts of your psyche rather than to just feel isolated and alone with them. So that's all. Thanks for being here.